What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers on the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, Talk about two games over the weekend, Friday night, a loss to the Wolves, and Sunday night, a good old-fashioned quality loss. The Blazers getting back to their core competencies, and that's losing a game you can feel good about. It's, it's been a minute since they've they've come away with a loss that you could say, heck yeah, heck yeah, uh, coming out of a loss. And I, I thought uh, Sunday night's was, was a, um, a much-needed, just sort of uh, feel-good L uh, in a season that used to have many of them and now only has feel bad losses of, of late. We'll talk about both those games. We'll recap them both. Uh, talk a little bit more about that Suns matchup. And then we'll talk trade season uh, for some of you with your tinfoil hats. You will enjoy that third segment. And for the freaks out there who really want to just only listen to trade stuff, check the, check the timestamps in the episode description for you. But let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers wrapped up a seven-game road trip with Game 7, second night of a back-to-back in Minneapolis on Friday. This game was always a loss, so the Blazers went ahead and got it, got it out of the way early. They lose 116-93. They're down 15-36, 36-15 after one. Like, down 21 points, trailblazed as many as 22. Uh, but I thought they played pretty well. Start of the second quarter, they didn't they didn't have that sort of like super quitter game that they've had recently. Uh, found themselves still down 21 at halftime, 63-42. But uh, a stinker third quarter kind of put the game away for good Blazers. Oh, head into the fourth down, 57-88. It's your ball game. They're down 31. It's, it's over. Uh, fourth quarter, mostly garbage time, and they lose a 116-93. Uh, to the box score we go. Jabari Walker, 17-13 and 13 off the bench. He had 8-8 eight and eight through three quarters, um, and then he had 9-5 and five in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought he played well, even if you just say he had 8-8. Eight and eight. I thought Jabari Walker played well. Um, it's, it's weird with these games that are like over after three, and there's like an extended run of meaningless minutes, but I, I thought he played pretty well. 17-13, uh, and 13, he, he hit six of 11 shots, good down back of the lineup, and he, and he played like it. 14 from Tumani Kamara, played, played well. He didn't play like he was back in the lineup. I guess he did because he participated. 14 from Tumani Kamara, 14 from Duop Reith, uh, including six rebounds, 13 from Jeremy Grant, a four of 15 shooting, eight from Scoot Henderson to go along with six turnovers and four assists. He was not good. Uh, Anthony Simons, five points on O of 10 shooting. O of 10 shooting, five of five. All of them came at the free throw line. Um, and was just, I actually, th- this is like kind of homery, I'll be honest, but like, I don't even think they played that bad about against the Wolves. Like, I, I think this was just like a normal, like shorthanded, you know, they, they have some injuries. They were, Matisse Thibel, Malcolm Brogdon and, and Grant all played in this one. They didn't play Sunday, but like, you know, missing, missing their, missing their, their starting center, missing Shaden Sharp, kind of just like normal bad game where you get your butt kicked um I, I didn't think this was like that troubling except every simons missed a bunch of shots and i feel like if every simons hits some shots it is less troubling they still probably get thrashed and lose by 25 but like i said like i i didn't think they played that poorly um 
I don't think the effort was that bad in this game. I, I thought this was just a game where they got lo- they lost because Minnesota's a lot better than them and um, they couldn't hang. Uh, and the size was a big problem. To, and Minnesota's just really big. Uh, 23 from Carl Anthony Towns to go with eight boards. 24 and 17 rebounds for Rudy Gobert. He just, he just, the Blazers kept switching and Rudy Gobert kept making layups. 14 for Nas Reed off the bench. Their centers feasted. Nine from Anthony Edwards, who didn't really have to do anything. He had six, six assists as well. Uh, nine and 10 dimes from uh, Michael Conley and nine points from from Jaden McDaniels. A uh, bunch of other Wolves had points off the bench in garbage time. Let's get to Sunday's game. That's your fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 116-93. I don't think we need to say anything more about that one. I thought they... Normal, normal beatdown. Follow this under normal beatdown. I, um, I'm not... I. It was not troubling in the slightest to me. Blazers come back Sunday night after a long road trip and the injury report was something to behold. Blazers with just eight healthy players in this game. No Shaden Sharp. He was ruled out the day before. And uh, DeAndre Ayton still listed as questionable. He's upgraded from doubtful to questionable, but still still didn't end up playing in this game. Ibu Baji on, on uh, Saturday is is listed as questionable with a bruised hip. So it's like, okay, they're going to be, they could be real shorthanded. Then Sunday afternoon at like four o'clock, uh, the, an, an injury report update comes out and Matisse Thibel and Jeremy Grant are both on it. And they're listed as questionable with illnesses. And Malcolm Brogdon is questionable with a right groin injury. And then about an hour later, just as Chauncey was about to do his pregame media, the team announced that all those dudes are out. So no Aiden, no Baji, no Matisse Thibel, no no Jeremy Grant, no Malcolm Brogdon. That's you know, along with Shaden Sharp, obviously like they're missing Moses Brown and, and Rob and, and Rob Williams, but like end of season guys, season ending injury types are not really on the you don't really put them on the list. I, Moses Brown's only about six weeks, not season ending, but like um they had eight players. Blazers had eight players and they lose 127-116. Let's get into it. But I, I think this was a legitimately good win. Um or excuse me, good loss. Good loss. Good loss. Well, they'll win again at some point. They might win later this week. Brooklyn and Indiana. They might win this week. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but Blazers came out hot. They made seven threes in the first quarter, only turned the ball over two times. Uh they're up 33-31 after one. Like they just the the Suns um the Suns couldn't slow them down, and they made shots like that. That's that's the, that was the key in this one. But uh, Blazers go into the half; they had a chance to be only down uh, single digits, but the Suns. Uh, uh, shot clock violation, then a Suns three. Blazers find themselves down 10, 91 70, or excuse me, 61 71 after, at halftime. Played well enough to be closer than that, but only down 10. You'll take it. They go into the third quarter, and the Suns uh, start start to build a real lead, lead, lead by as many as 17 and, and go into the fourth quarter up 92, one Oh six games over, right? Blazers, the, the Suns are finally up, uh, finally up 14, finally getting some, a little bit of comforts, you know, led by as many as 17, Devin Booker has 30 after three quarters. They're going to roll wrong, wrong. The Blazers come charging back, cut it to four twice in the fourth quarter, including a Scoot Anderson tip in with four minutes and 47 seconds left, cut it to one Oh nine, one thirteen. Blazers down four with under five to go in this game a chance to shock the world with eight healthy players but Kevin Durant misses a three Tamani Kamara misses like a semi-transition or just like an early clock three-pointer from the left wing then Jabari Walker and he just he wasn't shot ready he should he got the ball in the corner and he wasn't ready to shoot so then he took a weird dribble to no man's land turns the ball over and uh Suns run the other way Beal gets an and one they don't really run they got it they got they ended up just running a pick and roll and, and Brad Beal attacked Duop Brief and one Six straight points. Then uh, Blazers, Blazers uh, 
fail to score and Yusuf Nurkic gets a bucket inside on and go up by 12 and that's kind of it that's 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 about a two minute a two minute stretch in there with three three Blazers possessions um you know a, a miss three excuse me a miss three the and one was before Jabari Walker's turnover miss three and one Jabari turns it over Nurk gets a Nurk gets a, a layup inside and they go up by 12 with with two and a half left and that's kind of that's kind of your ball game and that's that 127 116 that's your fastest recap in the west uh Blazers were led by Scoot Henderson, who scored a career-high 33 points to go with seven boards, nine assists, three steals. Had just three turnovers to go with his nine assists, three-to-one assist turnover ratio. Uh, shot well from three, four of nine. Shot well from the free throw line, seven of nine. Did not shoot well from two. <laughs> seven of 22 inside the arc. Um, kind of wild that you can go seven of 22 inside the arc and go four of nine from three. Uh, but anything's possible. Scoot's finishing still leaves something to be desired. Sometimes his decision-making his explosiveness around the rim, but like, I'm not too worried about the inefficiency stuff with the 19 year old 33, seven and nine when they needed him was big Four threes was big. He played well. Amphrey Simons bounces back from that, uh, over 10 night to go eight of eight of 18 from the floor, six of 12 from three. Um, you know, as long as we're doing this, he was, he was two of six inside the arc. Everybody shooting 30, 30% inside the arc. Uh, Ant, 28 points, five boards, five assists. He was really good. First time uh, that Scoot and Ant had both had 20 plus in a game together, telling that it has taken so long. But hey, he'll take it when you get it. 17 from Duop Reith. Uh, he had 11 in the first quarter to help the Blazers build that lead. Finished with 17 and six. 11 from Jabari Walker, who got the start. Tamani Kamara had two. 13 off the bench for Chris Murray, career high. I thought Chris Murray played really well. Uh, Justin Minaya. Justin Minaya had a great line. One point, two boards, five fouls. He was 0 for 1. He missed his only three-pointer. was 1 of 2 at the free throw line. Um, five fouls in 17 minutes. Dude didn't get cheated. Played played hard. The Blazers needed him. He played his butt off. Ryan Rupert played real minutes in this game and hit three threes. He finished with 11 points on four of five shooting. Go with five boards and two assists. Um... Let's talk more about this one. I think this was, uh, like I said, I think this was a game that you can kind of feel good about. I don't know if you like, I don't know if it goes far to celebrate it. Celebrate might be a little far, but I think in a season when you are searching for like positive vibes, I think there was, I think, you know, le- you know, leaving the arena tonight, you got to feel good. Got to feel good about at least the effort they put in. Eight players against the Suns team after all the losses they've had after the road trip that kind of just like torpedoed their whole season laid bare all of their problems, all of those things. You come back and it, this is a Suns game that if they had lost by 35, I'm like, yeah, I guess this is what they do. But instead they were in this game and they played pretty well and it got, it harkened back to earlier this year when they weren't a mess and they were competitive in these games. Let's talk a little bit about that in the second segment, a little more about that in the second segment. First, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. They are the company that wants you to have peace of mind. That is that is the whole goal of Jace Medical is they want you to have that comfort and have that peace Peace of mind is why they created the Jace case. It is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses. So whether that's a UTI or a respiratory infection, skin infection, among other things, listen, this those types of things could happen to us. And if it would give you that peace of mind and that comfort to have antibiotics on hand in your home, Jace case might be the solution for you. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter, be reviewed by a board board certified physician, and then your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost. So go to jacemedical.com, 
you have a video interview, you a board certified position says, okay, we, you know, you are you qualify for for what we're offering, and then they just deliver the medications right to your local pharmacy. It's super simple. Uh, listen, it's important to be prepared. So go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and use the offer code locked on. You'll get twenty dollars off your order. All right. Look. Look. I know they lost. <laughs> I know I know the Blazers lost. I know they've lost a lot of games. I know they're 10 and 28. Um, you know, I, I, I excuse me, 10 and 29. My apologies. Like I know I know. I know. Um, I do this five freaking nights a week here. Um, so like I, some of this is honestly I am in need of positive vibes um, just because I think it's been a little doom and gloom. Like listen to the last podcast. It's like, I'm calling for like the coach to not come back the next season or next season. Right. It's like um, my goal isn't to come up here and yell and be some sort of shock jock thing. I think that's, um, that's not who I am. My goal is to be honest. And I feel, I feel like honest to goodness, I, coming out of that third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, when it's a, a lineup of Anthony Simons and Ryan Rupert and, and Chris Murray, uh, along with Duop Reef and and mixing in a little Justin Manaya in there, like a, a super duper deep bench lineup with Ant and they're hanging in the game. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, hey, this is what you wanted. So many times earlier in this early in this season, the Blazers were, you know, 10 point dogs going into a game and just found a way to hang around and make it, you know, stay within um, you know, stay within that eight to thirteen range and just make it make the other team sweat it right like and, and force turnovers and 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 be a, and be a menace right and and I don't think the Blazers necessarily did that tonight but the Blazers did tonight was they made a bunch of shots the best plan the best plan you can you can um you can come up with as a coach is to have your dudes shoot 48% from three. Uh, the Blazers were 20 of 42 from three. So I don't know if this is like necessarily like repeatable, right? Scoot Henderson made four of nine threes. Uh, Chris Murray played you know, probably the best game of his career, hit three of six threes. Ryan Rupert hit definitely played the best game of his career, three of three threes. Um, you know, they they were huge, huge. And, and and Rupert was hitting threes in the fourth quarter, and you know, he hit two from the from the left side that were huge threes to keep the Blazers in this game and make and like make the Suns take timeouts and be like, yo, I don't know who the skinny 72 is. Like, I do not know who that is, but he's acing us and we keep helping off, and it's a problem. Like I think this was, you know, the, the reason that they were kind of in this game is because they they made 23 pointers. They shot incredibly well, right? Like they shot incredibly well from three. But they also, you know, they they didn't they didn't get totally punked. So they were they were plus 13. Uh, they had 13 more field goal attempts because they, you know, they turned the ball over 14 times. The Suns turned the ball over 14 times, but they didn't get totally annihilated in the offensive glass because the Suns are kind of small. They're plus. F- plus five on the offensive glass and while the Suns took five extra uh, five extra uh, free throws so it's like shooting possessions uh, throw that in there and then Blazers had like plus eight in total shooting possessions the way I do the math like plus eight shooting possessions and you make threes you're gonna be in the game like the, the that's that's 
that's what the Blazers did. They're, they're a possession team, and they and they played well. And, like, you see things like Scoot Anderson diving to save a ball out of bounds. Duopreeth gets the loose ball and gets for a layup. Late in the in the fourth quarter, the Blazers off of uh, what's going to be a turnover. Justin Manaya tracks back on Devin Booker, forces a, a loose ball tie-up, and four Blazers end up on the floor. Like, just like the scrap was there. Um, there's been some games where they just have been, you know, when you're down, like, 30, you're just not going to play that hard. It's just, like, the nature of the sport. But, like, they didn't get that, let themselves get down 30 because they shot well. And then they stayed in the game with their physicality. And this was a game when they could have rolled over. Um, I think defense was still kind of a mess. They were, they're incredibly small, you know, do up wreath. I think in the last, uh, little bit has, kind of, he's just like, he's a backup center. And I think he's kind of got exposed a little bit as like being that. And I don't think that's like a knock on him, right? Like he's a 27 year old rookie. Who's like make getting his first break in the league. But the more he has played at, as a starting center in the league, the more just like his defensive deficiencies and his lack of like some pick and roll comfort has kind of come to the forefront. It's been obvious that he's like, that's, he would be better in a smaller minute role. That's not a knock on him. Right. But like, he's your best center by a lot tonight. By a lot. You're playing Jabari Walker. You're playing Tamani Kamara. You're playing tiny little lineups with Chris Murray. And um, Blazers played tough as heck. They played a ton of zone. Um, I thought the zone got shredded in the first half. Uh, the Suns got a lot, a lot, a lot of corner threes. But, like, you're playing a totally new team, incredibly young team, like, um, with, you know, with Justin Minaya, a two-way guy, and, and Ryan Rupert, a teenager, and Chris Murray, who's someone who's played more games, in, you know, more minutes with the remix than he has with the, with the uh, the NBA squad. And then, like, it's like, oh, well, we'll put our experienced team in there, which is, like, rookie Tumani Kamara, second-round, second-year player, uh, Jabari Walker, and 19-year-old Scoot Henderson. Like, you're, and rookie Duapreeth. Like, you're incredibly young. Like, I'm not surprised that the defense didn't look great. But, like, they made up for it by great shot-making and just playing their butts off, playing their butts off. And that's that's, you know... They needed a vibes game and they got it. Uh, and I also think like Ant just bounced back and played like a normal. He's like, he's capable of being pretty good and he was pretty good in this game. And Scoot was great. Scoot was great. Um, great actually might be an overstatement. Scoot was darn good. He missed 20 shots. Like I, That's why I'm not saying great, but like I, I'm the efficiency stuff I'm not super worried about with Scoot. Um, if we are still having this conversation next year, sure. Yeah, in year two, but in year one, as, as like... We're talking stepping stones and to have 33, seven and nine, it's like solid as hell, solid as hell and making threes. Um, it matters like, and, and that allows Amphrey Simons, like if Scoot is aggressive and make shots, it allows Amphrey Simons to like be himself. They're, they're a wonky pairing as is like, they're just not a great pairing period on either side of the ball. Um, I think we've, we've seen enough of them to know that it's not great, but like if Scoot can make jumpers and make threes and, and it attacks the rim and gets downhill, it lets it lets Amphrey Simons be a little more judicious with how he attacks. It lets them not just run a kajillion pick and rolls, send two to the ball. I thought Ant in the beginning of this game was having a little bit of trouble getting it out of the traps and a little bit of trouble decision making, but but they you know they didn't spam it a whole bunch. They 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 didn't run a million do up and, and Amphrey Simons pick and rolls, and they kind of were able to get a little bit get a little bit loose and get going. And I and, and I thought Ant played, um, you know, shot it well. And, and that that's what matters. Neither him or, or or Scoot shot it from particularly well from two, which just Scoot was his volume of bad twos was way higher. So, um, you know, if Scoot's going to get nine free throws, it's going to be a good game. He, you know, he's playing a ton of minutes, 37 and uh, excuse me, 40. Uh, and every time he's played 40, but it's like, you got eight, eight guys they are going to have to play and the Blazers delivered. And, and like they lost, to a okay team. I'll say this. Let me actually, I'm going to take a big sip of Haterade. 
Ah, okay, that's really good. The Suns are not good. <laughs> They're not good. They're not good. I just like blindly, I would not pick the Suns to win a playoff series. I do. I am not a believer. Um, if you're a Suns fan, you made it 20 minutes into the podcast. Congratulations. Yeah, I don't think the team's very good. Um, but you don't apologize. Like Suns look pretty good just a couple days ago. They look bad tonight. They look bad in their other game in in Portland. Like the Blazers just need. There's going to be a lot of games through the rest of the season where they're playing super young and they are saying, Scoot, you can go take 30 shots and nine get nine free throw attempts. Like you can just have like, you can just be on the ball and do everything and try everything because like that's what we're doing from here on out. There's going to be a lot of these games down the stretch of the season. You want games like this where you can come away saying like, hey, they lost. And, you know, after the, you know, they were kind of in it vaguely at the five minute mark and you know, a, a brick and a turnover and they're all of a sudden out of the game pretty quickly um, and it's just over with two and a half minutes left. And there might be a lot of games like that, but that's way better than the seven minute mark of the third quarter down 40 and the coach is pulling everybody out. Obviously, like, duh. But you want this. You want the vibes. You want the vibes. Uh, I think this one felt better and at this point in the season, that's what the Blazers need. They need more games where it feels better. And if and if you head down the stretch and you are really young and the young guys are scrappy, it'll be so much easier to tolerate the scrap of youth versus what seems like just kind of the bailing out of the canoe of, of what they've been recently. Uh, whether that has to do with the vets or just has to do with like they made shots tonight so they kept themselves in the game. Um, I think we'll get a couple more chances to see if like I guess what I'm joking there is like I'm not sure that like Ryan Rupert makes the team more watchable than Jeremy Grant but what I do actually think is that Ryan Rupert struggling will feel a lot better than watching Jeremy Grant and 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 Malcolm Brogdon struggle and this could be more palatable and I felt like coming out of this game I said you know what the season might be really rocky here we are three weeks ahead of the trade deadline might be really rocky post post deadline it's been really rocky the last couple weeks like in the all of January so maybe this would be a more palatable palatable version of that turbulence okay it is officially as you're listening to this Monday January 15th show trade season it's here um I guess that was the ghost of trade season I don't know what that character was in any case let's talk trades because it's here let's do it that's what we'll do to close the show. Join me there first. Let's talk about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL playoffs are here. We just just wrapped up, well, Monday evening, as you're listening to this, we'll wrap up the first weekend of first round of NFL playoffs. And right now, FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, wants to give you $5 if you make, or excuse me, $150 of bonus bets if you make any $5 bet. Make a $5 bet, win or lose, you get $150 in bonus bets to play with. That's whatever you want to get in on once you get your bonus bets. So the most elaborate parlay you could possibly cook up, live bets on all the games, props, prop bets on anything you could possibly imagine, future bets on whatever it is. You can mix and match sports. You can you can have a whole bunch of fun. So make a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets to play with. Go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. It is trade season. And by that, I mean we've already had two trades in the NBA. Uh, I will say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 
regular reader of, of the Stein line, Mark Stein's uh, Substack, and he's and he's our newsletter, and he's he's been pushing that trade season actually starts in Dece- on December fifteenth, when you know forty percent of the league can be traded, and if you go back the last eight years, within a month of December fifteenth, there's been at least one trade, and it always happens. And the people who say it doesn't start till January are actually wrong, and I'm one of those people, Mark. And you might be right because we got our second second trade of the NBA season today. Marvin Bagley headed to the uh, Washington Wizards in exchange for Danilo and Isaiah Livers with a couple second round picks in exchange for Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. The the Pistons gets a chance to create a boatload of cap space this summer to either you know load up on bad contracts and yada 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 and build or sign someone to the Detroit Pistons we'll see we will see how it works for Detroit uh they paid a total of four second round picks two to get Bagley and two to send him out the door four second round picks for the right to not really enjoy the Marvin Bagley experience what what a time in Detroit. Um, it's why I don't believe in bad. I don't believe in losing culture. I believe in losing franchises. The decision makers screwed up more than the vibes. Um, but it's trade season nonetheless. The trade deadline is February 8th and the Pistons and perhaps Wizards have kicked us into higher gear. And listen, I know you tinfoil hat folks. I know what after 4 p.m. when the Blazers had three veterans show up out of nowhere on the tra- on the injury report, you said, hey, tr- trade's coming. And I'll say this, typically this time of year, just use Occam's razor. Whatever is the most simple solution, whatever is the most obvious solution is or answer is going to be the correct answer. Like, don't complicate it. The Blazers just spent two weeks, 15 days on the road playing seven games in five different cities. Uh, They were all over the freaking map traveling everywhere and their 40-person pirate ship that travels all around the country in a private jet. Yeah, there's an illness going around. So Jeremy Grant and Matisse Theibel are sick. Um, It's like it happens. Uh, The... The Malcolm Brogdon thing is like better for the tinfoil hats, right? Because I think he's certainly the most likely player to get traded. Let's be clear. I don't think Jeremy Grant will be traded at the trade deadline. I think he could be, but I think the Blazers will ask for a lot because they don't feel pressure to trade him. Um, And they think like if we're going to dump him for salary relief and two second round picks, let's just dump him for salary relief and two second round picks later. Like, why would we do? There's no pressure. So, like, you're gonna have to wow them, right? Like, you're gonna have to wow them. Um, and and so I don't. I'm not. I don't think Jeremy Grant will get traded because I don't think they'll get wowed. I think they'll be. Um, I think. I think they'll hold. I hold on to him. Matisse Thybul basically isn't. He's he has effectively a no trade clause since he signed a um, a offer sheet with the Mavs and the Blazers matched it. He can for the first year of his contract for an entire year, um, he can veto trades. So he basically him and his representation, uh, Aaron Goodwin can, if the if the Blazers are trying to trade him, they can make sure they're going to go to a situation that works out for them. Like that's like why you have an agent. So they they get you to the right spot. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, everyone's preferred destination. So. I got a tease is not really on the trade block. Um, there's no such thing as a trade block anyways. Brogdon though is a likely trade candidate. I would be, it would be wrong if the Blazers don't trade Malcolm Brogdon. It would just be a mistake. Um, they, they got guards who need to play and it's just 
just it's time it's time to move on he was a rental they rented him trade him for a good package consider it part of the damian lord hall and 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 pat yourself on the back or get frustrated whatever you want to do but they got to trade him so like if you if you're really tinfoil hatty thing malcolm brogdon resting on the first night of a back-to-back playing and then showing up as a late addition questionable with left groin excuse me right groin soreness right abductor soreness uh keeping him out that is like more tinfoil hatty than the other stuff was like dudes being sick um I don't uh, I don't buy it. I think the simplest explanation is that Malcolm Brogdon is going to get traded in the next couple weeks, and tonight his groin was a little bit sore. Both at the same time. Por que no los dos? Uh, before the game, uh, Chauncey Billups told reporters that DeAndre is getting close, uh, getting very close. So seems like he could be back this week. The Blazers have Monday and Tuesday off. They play Wednesday uh, against Brooklyn and then Friday against the Indiana Pacers. So uh, we will... We will perhaps uh, see him soon, l- later this week. Hopefully, hopefully Wednesday against Brooklyn. Uh, but I think in general, uh, it's, it's sort of wrapping up a, a sort of mini little trade saga about the Blazers or segment about Blazers, rather. Excuse me. Um, they are one of the few teams that is going to be selling. So I don't think there is reason for the Blazers to go early. Another reason I don't believe the tinfoil hat stuff. Why would the Blazers need to make a trade on January 15th? Why wouldn't they just make the best trade they possibly can on February 8th at 10 a.m., right? Like a couple hours before the deadline. Um, you know, maybe they get Vladi defocked and, and I had a better trade yesterday type of thing. But um, I, I, I think like the real truth is that they're the biggest, not the biggest sellers because Pascal Siakam exists, but like... Um, and DeJounte Murray, but like, uh, so Toronto and Atlanta are certainly maybe the bigger dominoes here, but the Blazers are a seller. They're one of the few teams that's like, would, would, do you want a valuable vet and, and Malcolm Brogdon, who's like just crushing it as a catch and shoot shooter? How many teams could use a reliable ball handler playmaker who crushes in an off ball role? A lot, a lot of good teams could use Malcolm Brogdon. So like, they're wait and get the best deal, right? Um, also like for my tinfoil hat folks, they're not making a deal with JG, Malcolm Brogdon, and Matisse Thibel. That's like $60 million involved. That's like a huge trade. Um, I, I I think if they were to trade both veterans, it would be in separate separate deals. That would be my guess. I guess conceivably they could, but it just seems it just seems unlikely that another team is going to come up with $60 million in salary. That kind of fits what the Blazers want to do, but multi-team deals exist. I get it. Uh, I think the Blazers are inevitably going to trade Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think they'll trade Jeremy Grant. I don't even think Matisse Thibel is is like he basically has a no trade clause. So, you know, the re- they're not going to trade Amphrey Simons at, at the trade deadline. It would be it would be an absolute stunner, and no one else on their team has like real value that they would consider trading, like Scoot and Shaden Sharp. Um, and I don't think I don't think injured and and underperforming DeAndre Ayton has much trade value. So I think they're going to be patient. I think they're going to wait, and I think their move is to eventually trade Malcolm Brogdon sometime here in the next three weeks. But as of tomorrow. Or as of today, I'm recording this on Sunday night. As of today, January, uh, excuse me, January fifteenth on Monday, the whole league can be traded. You know, there's a handful of guys who have um, can't be traded because of when they signed contracts and and some sort of extension rules and stuff like that. But for the most part, ninety percent of the league can officially be traded now. Trade season is here. It's gonna it's gonna happen over the next three weeks. I don't expect the Blazers to be the f- team that moves first, but I expect them to be a team that eventually makes a move. And that move being Malcolm Brogdon, I can be specific about it. Okay, uh, guess what? Tomorrow's show. 
we will look ahead to the rest of the week and chase down some statistical trends as well as the latest the latest updates in Blazer Land. Uh, that is that will be Tuesday show, Wednesday show ahead of. Uh, ahead of the Blazers next game will be a draft look ahead with Raphael Barlow make sure you miss make sure you do not miss that one it'll be in your feed on Wednesday uh you know late Tuesday night if you're an audio listener and Wednesday morning if you're a video listener uh Raphael Barlow host of uh, Locked in NBA Big Board and the writer of the NBA Big Board newsletter plugged in professional scout he's going to get us caught up on everything Blazer fans need to know uh don't miss that one uh there is a chance winter weather derails that uh for for but sometime this week Wednesday's the plan if not later this week Raphael Barlow uh check that one out that's what we do five days a week wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube I appreciate you listening tell your friends about the podcast I'll talk to you soon